Good evening, everyone. Good evening, good evening, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast, the podcast where Steve and I chat about all things Porsche. Um, before I say hello to Steve, you know, last week, actually, Steve, I know you're here. Hi, Steve. Hi, mate. Thank you. Good. You know, last week I didn't do the intro. You did, didn't <laughs> I you? didn't. I didn't. I was oh, editing. Enough. I started, and people who listen to the podcast all the time would know that um, my name is Michael Bath, and that's Steve on the other end in Sydney, and this is done through Zoom. Um, but yeah, you know how I, I don't know how that turned out to be, but I just, you know, that's how I always um, open the podcast. And last week it was like, I said, welcome back, everyone. And I thought, wow, I didn't actually do my usual <laughs> 150th episode intro and since today is the 150th episode steve mm. we're back on track congratulations do you do believe you that you do you believe that you've been here for this for this long i no i do not but you know it's all good when did i when did i join you is it about 20 30 something maybe 20 it was in 2020 um but Oh, no, sorry, episode number. <laughs> the number of the episode, I don't know. Do you know? Can you find out? No, no, I don't no. know. I should have looked at it today. I, I, meant, I meant to look at it today and I just got, I just got distracted. But yeah, 150 episodes. Let's, let's, just, let's just, I should have one of those things like, uh, what's that podcast called? Um, Spike's Car Radio, where they have the clapping yeah. noises and all those annoying sound, sound effects that come in every time you're listening to oh, the podcast now. Yeah. You don't want to yeah, be doing I, that. I, um, Mr. Ferriston, um, Mr. Zuckerman, if you're listening to this podcast, which I'm sure you're not, please stop playing all those sound effects in between your voices. It was so much better before. You don't need to have the these gimmicks. Spike's of, a um, music. He's a music nerd and a tech sound audio kind of nerd because he went to – he's a trained musician. But the sample sound really rough and the whole thing sounds very um, – wrong sorry because he's obviously recording he's using some techno gadget which gives him the ability to kind of horse around with crap like that yeah he's using the pod track i have one which i've never used it he's got the pod track eight though the big one i've only got the pod track four um the zoom not zoom as in what we're talking through zoom but the japanese zoom audio recorder zoom Mm-hmm. Um, so you can add the you can add the samples in there, Steve, and you have the buttons. Yeah. I've got four buttons. I think that one has that one's more multi, like a, it's like a little panel, a whole audio panel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't like those soundtracks. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a little bit. I don't know. He's just goofing off. I know, but I like it when they just have their normal talking humor than this sort of, you know, slapstick kind of Candy throw humor. in a yeah. yeah throw in a bit of soundtrack and whatever. I don't know. I just find it a little bit mm, gets a bit repetitive. I'm assuming. I'm assuming recording a podcast the way they do it when they literally get together face-to-face. I know they're like at Zuckerman's house or like one of their warehouses or whatever. Yeah. But is that is that a hard thing to – going to be a hard thing to record? No. Like I'm easy. surprised they weren't using headphones before. I don't know how he didn't do it without headphones and I think um, um, Johnny yeah. Liebman's comments were correct. No, you're just yeah. – you know, obviously the Zoom is just like you can plug it in um, – you just plug the mics in. You have the, you got to have headphones on though, and you just sit yep. there and it records directly. Quality yep. is obviously a bit better than going through what we're doing through streaming. Yep. But I don't, I don't know. I was going to ask you this. I was going to ask you this, right. Steve. Um, you know, when I get back to Sydney, do you still want to do it by Zoom or you want to meet up? Hello. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> wait, I'll wait for your disease to pass first, and then I'll um, <laughs> and then I'll take it from there. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I've got to. I've got to make sure I've got a bit of a, a, 
the happiness in my voice because I don't want to get criticized again by um, people who are reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> how, how so? Criticize away. We'll get, it, we'll get to my that in a second. My voice doesn't change. We'll get to that in a second. Hey, I just want to do an update. Um, welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining the podcast. Like I said, it's a Portugal podcast. In uh, in a week's time, uh, it is we're recording this on a Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night here, Thursday morning for Steve in, in uh, Sydney. Um, everyone knows, or most people know, in a week's time, I'm heading back to sunny Australia. I'm going to be flying out of London very early uh, next Thursday morning. Um, completely disorganized. So much going on here, Steve. Um, Natasha's sister was here from New York. She was in Milan, then she came oh, okay. by here. And then we've got, you know, family friends from Bahrain who are also our friends who are here. Natasha's father's here in London, I should say. So it's all been a bit crazy. So there's been lots of dinners and, and probably too much yeah. um, wine of an evening. So it's been very yeah. hard to, like, concentrate. And then yesterday we were out all day. We went to exhibitions and stuff. So so disorganized yeah. and doing work as well on the side. Um, but anyway, because I'm traveling, uh, I'm traveling next Thursday, Steve, and I haven't told you this yet, but I'm just going to let, I'll, huh. I'll let you know when I tell the listeners right now. You're going to do um, it naked? Sorry? You're going to do it naked? Travel yeah. with clothes on? Yeah. yeah. I just a mask. I'm not looking forward to that long, that long haul is going to be a, going to be a hard slog, I tell you. Um, huh. but there's, uh, owner stories will be this Tuesday. Um, this Tuesday is the 16th of November, so there'll be an owner's stories on, on Tuesday, which is number 58. And then yep. uh, the podcast is going to um, it's gonna um, be on, uh, what do you call it, Steve? Holiday? Not holiday, but just for one week. Yeah, cool. Just for one week. And we'll return yep. on Friday the 26th of November. Friday the 26th of November, I will be in Sydney. Hopefully, I will be not jet-lagged anymore. I don't think I should because mm -hmm. we arrive on the 18th or something or 19th. 19th, I think. Um, yep. uh, and also on that Friday... For that episode, hopefully then I can give the listeners a good update on the 997, Steve, because it would have been in at Order House for a couple of days. Yep. Because um, cool. we would, we'll probably record on the Thursday or whatever, and then the car would have been in from the Tuesday. The car's going into Order House Hamilton in Sydney on uh, Tuesday, Tuesday the 23rd, I think it is. <clears throat> so that'll be done, yep. and then I'll give everyone an update on the car because I know a lot of people are interested in what's, what's happening. Um, hopefully really I'll – sorry, mate. That really is soon. It is. It's next week. I've lost track of time. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I know. We're coming. We're leaving <clears throat> this time next week. We uh, we should be sleeping already because it's um, we've got to get up at like four in the morning to catch our flight on Thursday. Yeah. Marco was asking me um, when you're here, but then the car's being worked on. Whether or not you want to ride shot, like whether you want to come for a drive and ride shotgun, or whether you want to wait. I don't know if he's asked you that already. The f he hasn't asked me. The first, it depends on how long the car is going to take. That first weekend, huh. I'm going to be a little bit trash and I've just got to sort through quite a few things. Yep. So I'm probably going to have to spend a few days at home. I don't really want to sort of go out too much. Yeah, sure. That first weekend. Hopefully the following weekend, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm, I'm having thoughts that I should have the car back. If I don't, maybe that's a, maybe we could do that. <clears throat> I'm thinking the next weekend I should have the car back. Hopefully the car's only going to be a week. Um, I don't yeah. know the whole logistics of what's happening with the bumper repair and everything yet, but I'll, I'm, I'm not. I'm going to find that out when I get to Sydney. I don't, I'm not too fussed at the moment. I just want to get through um, getting away from here and, and packing up things and stuff like that. But anyway, just just for the listeners, though, that's what we're that's what we're going to do, Steve. We're going to return on the 26th of November. There'll be owner stories next um, next week, which is number 58. Then there'll be a break. Then won't be no, there'll be no podcast that Friday or owner story the following Tuesday, and then we'll return on Friday the 26th. I think that makes sense. I was going to try and get them all pre-recorded, pre-recorded pre and pre-edited 
It's the editing okay. side of it that I really don't have time for. In saying that, Steve, I am actually recording three owner stories um, this week. Uh-huh. And this is it because I can't I, I can't do anything after the after the weekend. So I'm yeah, sure. record three owner stories. So I have a few up my sleeve, and then uh, we'll have some content for for everyone um, following from the 26th of November. Okay, let me just go through the usual because I you know I want to do the shout out, but there's no Patreon members this week. Uh, if you're wondering uh-huh. what Patreon is, Steve knows what it is, but and I know a lot of you guys know what it is. But if you don't know what it is, it's where you support Porsche Cooled. Uh, you just go to Patreon.com/slash/PorscheCooled. Um, last week I did a shout out. For Matt and David, um, David we know, he's from uh, from Australia and we spoke about his car. I didn't know what Matt owned. Uh, Matt's reached uh-huh. out to me through Patreon. He has a, hi Matt, he has a 997.2 uh, black 911. Cool. Uh, sand beige interior, Cabriolet. Uh, he's had it for about 18 months and he said, mm-hmm. I love the Porsche brand and love the show. So thanks again, Matt, for, um, for joining and thanks what for country? sharing. You put me on the spot, Steve. I don't know. I've forgotten. I, I don't know. I'm hopeless. <laughs> you know, I was trying to find an Instagram tonight because there's a review coming up and someone someone said they left the review and the person oh. who probably knows who I'm talking about and they left a review and they left me a message on um, Instagram on one of the DMs. Mm-hmm. And for the love of me, I just couldn't find it. I know this is a problem with Instagram. I know, I, you know, and I, I do actually bookmark people that I talk to all the time so I know that they're there and I bookmark the owner stories people so I have it in the DMs. Mm-hmm which makes it easier for me. And I swear I bookmarked this guy and I'm really sorry and I know he's going to be listening and I, I just can't remember your name. And when I read your review, I know this review is from you, but I know this is not your name on the Apple Podcasts, uh, you know, the, the username. It's obviously someone else's um, Apple account that he's used to do the review, but that's okay. Uh-huh. Um, before we get into that, did you watch, uh, did you watch, did you listen to Owner Stories this week, Steve? I did. What did you think? I did, as I was trying to clean up this top my garage storage cage yesterday. It's good. It's cool. I still don't have much of an understanding of like all the older cars, <laughs> like speedsters and nine twelves and stuff like that. But um, uh, was it Jeff? Jeff, yeah, has obviously been through quite a few and has lots of experience with all of that. Yeah, Jeff was. Jeff had reached out to me. Wow, in Bahrain, he sent me an email. Actually, no, he sent yeah. me a message, and Jeff, I'm, I'm sure you're listening, and I hope you don't mind me saying this. I always say this, but he sent me a message, and it was from his daughter's Instagram because he doesn't have Instagram, um, hence oh. why I haven't tagged Jeff in the, in the post on Instagram and hence why you, know, you, you don't know there's no, there's no uh, social media for oh. him because he doesn't actually have it. Nothing wrong with that. But I know, Jeff, if you haven't listened to the Porsche Good Owner Stories this week, Jeff is, is really, he's really a big part of all those forums. I think it's 901 Forum and the, and the 911 Forums and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. He has a really cool current garage. I don't want to give it all away, like I always say, but as you know, Steve, he's had 19 Porsches, 19 mm-hmm. Porsches. Um, his current ones, I like Jeff because he researches the story. He finds out all the information, and I thought some of those, and you would have um, related to the one with the uh, 911 TE that he has, the 1973.5 yes. TE Coupe, which didn't yep. have a matching numbers engine, which was a Melbourne yep. car, which was obviously owned by someone quite well-known in Melbourne from obviously some rich family or well-known family yep. that he didn't want to mention the name, that they bought it new. They got tourist delivery, which would have been really quite special in that in that day, don't you think, Steve, to going getting a special a tourist delivery car in 1973? So it still is, isn't it? Still is. People make the trip to Germany and, you know, take their car from the factory and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but did yeah, you like that? to do. 
But you like that part of the story because I know you know who that yeah, person yeah. is. I know you know yeah, who that yeah, person yeah. is, where yeah. the engine came from, and I, we won't yeah. mention his name. But um, yeah. the fact that this car didn't have, you know, it had a three-liter engine in it, um, and then Jeff, through Auto House, found the original engine and now has the matching numbers engine in his car. And the person yeah, that cool. sold it to him obviously didn't need the cash, but was just happy to hear the story and happy to help out another, you know, another Porsche owner. Um, and I thought yeah. it was a really good story. And from what you said, that guy's a really nice guy as well. So is, um, it's understandable. Awesome guy. Yeah. Um, but you know, I liked I liked the story. I liked the thing about Jeff's story because it's about that that hidden those hidden stories behind your car, Steve. You know, those hidden things when you buy a classic car that you never really know existed. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the wheels and the steering wheel on his 912, you know, how they were gifted by um, Jürgen Barth, you know what I mean, oh. the, um, from the East African rally team or whatever it was, and the wheels uh-huh. from the factory rally 911, you know what I mean, those things that he uncovered. And, you know, the original, the, the original owner guy, the guy, the, the guy, the Mercedes dealer in Leichhardt, that that was his car. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like these things that, you just, that he just does these searches, and, and I hope I got that correct. Um, and then finds it finds all this information out. But he's got a Polar Red. He's got the 1973.5, I think it is, 911T Coupe, five-speed, Australian-delivered. It was delivered in aubergine. The woman that bought it after a period of time didn't like the aubergine anymore, and she got it painted red, um, and Jeff has mm. now taken it back to um, aubergine. He has the 1968-912 Polo, right-hand drive. Uh, that's the one with the rally kind of history behind it. Yep. And then he has that 56 uh, 356A Speedster. Once again, one of those sad stories where he bought it off his, uh, his late friend, um, mm-hmm. but is restoring it. Um, we all know the worth of Speedsters in, you know, how they look and how people, people that seem to own Speedsters are just, you know, like I heard um, Zuckerman talking about it, about his black one, how he just loves that car and how other people, yep. when they see it, it's just an amazing car. So um, it'll be great to see Jeff's uh, 356A Speedster on the road. Uh-huh. When he, uh, when we're back in Sydney, when I'm back in Sydney, Steve. But that was a Japanese delivered the three five six Japanese delivered three five six A. But anyway, that's what's the story. The, what's the newest the newest model Porsche that he he didn't like? I know he you didn't have time to talk about nineteen different cars, but I'm going to take a wild guess that Jeff, being a definitely sort of like an enthusiastic Porsche kind of guy. Somewhere in the mix, he would have maybe had a newer, maybe water-cooled model somewhere in the mix. He wants your GT3. You heard that at the end, right? No. <laughs> oh, I missed that bit. You didn't hear that bit at the end? He wants no, your GT3. Jeff wants your GT3. Oh, okay. he's, he's, you know, he's interested. If you're interested in yeah. a swap, something like that, I think it was. Might be a bit loud for him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Jeff, it was a great story. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I really enjoyed speaking to Jeff. Like I said, he's owned so many. I mean, this just makes me feel like a real enthusiast, a real like amateur Steve because, you know, I've, I've had one and Jeff's had 19. He's experienced so many. And I like what he said in one of the messages to me, and I'm going to read it out. He said, I would like to get across that any Porsche is special. It was then, it was when it was new and it is now. And, you know, he says, if we go to buy a Porsche, we usually look at the receipts and service history. But what if, with some research, you then find out the wheels and steering wheels on your humbled 912 were gifted by Jerk and Buff, et cetera? You know what I mean? So I think that's good. And, he, you know, he goes through all the history. The history is there then. The history is there for future owners. Um, I think it's a good thing, Steve. And it's like even, even now with our humbled 997s, right, every bit of information you keep, you know, 
you're keeping it for you, but you're also keeping it when you sell your car and you give it to the next owner. There's a whole record of everything, isn't there, Steve? You know what I mean? Even Lots if it's minor damage or wheels that are changed or anything like that, it all adds to the to the value of the car, to the story behind the car. Yep, but I'm not selling. You're not selling? No. You sure? Yeah, you can bury me in it. Well, speaking of selling, speaking of selling, you know, I did find yeah. that car for you today and I sent it to you um, and you didn't really say much until we just sort of, uh, before we pressed the record button. Uh, and if the oh, listeners have, <laughs> if the listeners, if the listeners haven't seen it, it's a 2010 997 3.6 uh, for sale on Bat on Bring a Trailer. <laughs> I just looked at the current bid, which I just don't believe. I'm, I'm confused by it. Um, but it's uh, a 2010 Porsche 911 Carrera Coupe. Steve spent some time in Hawaii, in California, before being acquired by the seller. I love the, how they write these. Being acquired by the seller in February 2021. I'm reading this out. Uh, subsequently uh, converted into a safari-style 997. Finished in aqua blue metallic. The car has been modified with a suspension lift, all-terrain tires, auxiliary lighting. I want to go back to the auxiliary lighting. A roll bar. Uh, Yakima. Yakima is it? Ruth basket. A tool bike carrier and a spare wheel and an aluminium skid plate. Recaro pole position seats, 997 turbo deck lid, Alcantara interior trim and B&M short shifter. Have you heard of the B&M short shifter? Yep. Yep. Very common. And Gundo mufflers with a center bypassed exhaust. Yep. I'm not, I don't know if I appreciate this car. Do you appreciate it? No, it's not my, not my kind of cup of tea. It's obviously... It's um, a bit of a shopping basket, isn't it? I, I find it a bit of a shopping basket. I, I mean, I, I, it might have good parts that have been added to it. It kind of... I have to say the one thing I don't mind, Steve, is the wheels that are on it look kind of look cool. Like, I think they're called Braid Wind Race or something. I think I wrote it down. Yeah, yeah Braid, braid Wind Race. Yeah. I thought the wheels were kind of cool, the white wheels. But, you know, then when they had the bonnet up in the picture, if you look at the picture on Bring a Trailer... You see the yeah. lights are literally, there's like all the all the bolts underneath your bonnet. It's literally, it's not like any reverse here unless you putty it up, spack filler it up. But uh -huh. it's literally got the holes. But just so the listeners know, if they haven't seen this, and you should go and have a look at it, it's on Bring a Trailer. Um, at the moment, this is Wednesday, uh, it's 70, almost 72,000 US dollars. Um, it hasn't been up for that long, I don't think, and it's 72,000 uh -huh. US dollars already. I'm on the site and it's it's sold for eighty four nine eleven. Oh, it's finished, has it? It's I'm on it right now and it says sold for eighty four nine eleven. Eighty four, eighty four thousand yeah. US for a and it's well, Carrera. It's not a Carrera S. It's a Carrera three point six, right? Yeah, I guess that's interesting. It's interesting that you know, like I know air cooled safaris are popular, right? They come up and if they're done by Lee Keens, uh, you know, or someone else, they they're popular, but. I mean, I guess it shows you can actually do a safari project in a 997. Um, people have done it. I don't know if I'd want it personally. It's very specific. Well, I don't know. I'd, I'd imagine if you had one of those things here, maybe the market hasn't quite kind of taken off yet. Although, like, didn't Autohouse hint at a safari build at one point in time? And I s think I saw, like, an orange car, but they didn't talk about it. But I think I saw it on social media that looked like it... Um, Maybe it was them and Autohouse like have um, a lot of rally expertise because they've yes. kind of run rally cars, et cetera. But I don't know, like how many people out there, or, you know, call like in tiny little Australia, how many how many rally cars would um, or safari cars would really kind of sell here? I don't know if the trend has kind of taken off where it's probably like massive in um, 
somewhere like LA at the moment. But I guess for me, I feel like the time has passed to do that because what, you know, what car, what generation of 911 could you get mm. that you feel like it's worthwhile to rip it apart and make it into a safari? You could, you could say me say the same thing about a singer though. I guess. Or any see, of the this, Western mods. And then there's the other thing about the singer, which um, I was told by uh, Stephen in Sydney as well, and I think you heard it as well, that yeah. the singer, and I hope that's not a secret, I don't think it is, um, that singer is going to start moving away from 964s. Well, they've run out. <laughs> they've run out, right? Or well, the cost of the 964 now is just not, it's not feasible anymore to use a 964? Well, I don't know, I don't, and I have no idea, but I'm assuming that... Um, 964s at the same time have become kind of super popular. But I would have thought that if you're uh, wealthy enough to buy a singer, then the cost of the donor 964 probably isn't really a kind of issue anyway. It's just probably more that they didn't really make that many of them. And I guess the, there is a point of view that it's a bit of a shame that all these sort of original 964s don't exist because they have been converted. Um, but, you know, like, if they move up the chain and they kind of go to 993s, isn't that going to be the same issue? There's not. 993s were made, they were made in slightly greater numbers than 964s, but like you'll have the same kind of principle of if all of a sudden they're kind of being bought to turn into singers um, or other kind of resto mods. Well, you've got two yeah. companies though, Steve. You've got two companies then because you've got Guntherworks and you've got um, Guntherworks and you've got Singer both using Gunther, 993s. Gunther barely make, like the volume of cars that Gunther make is so small, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, true. they make like 25 of the original yeah, true, sort true. of coupe version and stuff true. like that? I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, if a year ago you could have got a, or in Australia, you could have, I mean, I guess in the US you still can. If you get a really, really cheap 996, you could convert it into a Safari, right? You could actually do it yeah, yeah, yeah. if you wanted to yeah. do it. Like, you know, if you paid like what Ajmal paid for his or something, you could actually do, you know, change it and and, and make it a Safari car. Do you want to do yeah. that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You know, you lose the history, you lose the heritage. I don't know. I'm not sure about it. Uh, like I said, I think they're just a very specific kind of market. I'd... I don't think I I don't really have an appreciation for it, but um, I guess like I bet you it becomes more and more popular because I suppose when you think about the whole idea of crossovers, like the new Defenders, all the rage and stuff like that, um, Safari cars have been becoming more and more popular. Not just nine elevens, like you know, yeah. it seems like you can Safari pretty much anything these days. Yeah, true. But um, I'm behind the I'm behind the curve. Like I can't quite. It's not. It's not for me kind of thing so i still think i still think in you know we're not talking about 911s and i know i mentioned this last week i think if you're going to go down that track don't do it mm. on a 911 don't don't do a safari 911 just get just get a 2000 and just get a 2009 2010 kyan diesel and then overland it and use that you know use something that's more fit for purpose you know what i mean don't 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 destroy a 911 i don't think not now when prices are so high and people are wanting to still get into them and they can't and I don't know. Hey, I just want to go back to you Jeff. You get the crazy Mad Max look out of it, though. Yeah, true. I just want to go back to Jeff's story, actually. Um, oh. uh, Porsche Good Owner Stories number 57. Because um, Jeff uh, spoke about his 87 Carrera in that uh, episode, the uh, 3.2 G50 uh, cab. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that part of mm -hmm. it? Um, which I actually had noticed a classic throttle shop because it somehow appealed to me, even though it was in, um, is it Summer Yellow? It was in the yellow Summer color. Yellow, yeah. 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 
and I don't know why I'd seen it a week before and, and in the podcast I you know I got excited when Jeff said that was his old car you know years ago mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was quite a good car and I thought wow and I did say this in the podcast in the story it was $129,500 at Classic Throttle Shop in Sydney um, and I thought mm-hmm. it was reasonably priced I thought wow that's reasonably priced Steve um, then today um, I got a um, DM from uh, Stephen in Sydney um, and he sent me the link when it was for sale on collecting cars in Sydney, mm-hmm. in Australia. And it was on sale. It sold in March this year. And it sold in March this year for 82500 Australian dollars. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know the market's crazy. And I know you hate talking about values. But I know the market has shifted. But that is a huge premium from 82.5 to 130 at a dealer. That's how much it sold on collecting cars for. Sign of the times, really. Anyway, I liked it. I think it's a good. I think it's a good-looking car. I have. I. I mean, I had someone in US that sent me a link. Uh, sent me a picture of his. Um, he was driving around New York in his G50 cab, uh, and it was cool. It looked really cool. I think his was in that palladium metallic color, like that bronzy brownie metallic color, um, and it looked really, really good. It looked really, really cool. I mean, I guess it's in the streets of New York, so it looks kind of a bit different than it would anywhere else in the world. Yeah, cool. Um, Apple ratings and reviews. You know, I always like to read these out, um, and. There's, there's a few reviews this week. There's three. Um, and the thing with reviews is that, you know, they're not always good. We've been pretty lucky on the podcast, and I appreciate everyone that's honest and genuine and gives us a good review, Steve. Um, uh-huh. Gives us a review, actually, just being honest. It's about being honest, so I really appreciate it. Um, and there's been three reviews um, since I read them out last time, and this one I might have missed from last week. Um, uh-huh. I'm just going to read them very quickly. I might not read the long one out because it's a bit long. Uh-huh. Sophistication, this is a five-star review. Enjoy the hard work you put into making this podcast. Good balance of sophistication and easy way of talking to the owners. That's from Lala Ren in Sweden. So thank you for, for taking the time to do that. The next one, um, I'm not going to read the whole podcast because I think it's plugging someone else's podcast, so I don't really want to uh-huh. read it. Um, and I doubt this person would be listening to the podcast anymore because he's had enough of us. So he, <laughs> he wouldn't be listening to that anyway. And the title of his review was Rambling About Nonsense. Uh-huh. He gave us one star. And I will edit what I read. But he said, I used to really enjoy this podcast in its youth. But wow, it's gone downhill fast. You used to really hear the passion about Porsche in both of their voices. Well, the passion's still there, but you know, I, I don't know where you're getting this from. The stories they told passion. and the products that they would talk about. Now they ramble about nonsense for 28 plus minutes. Well, we actually ramble about nonsense for 62, 65, 70 minutes. Um <laughs> And mentioned Porsche maybe twice. Um, now, you know, in, in all due respect, we mentioned Porsche twice, Steve. So I don't know where this person's coming from. And I really, you know, reach out to me. Reach out to me with your real name and, and tell me who you are um, because I don't, know who, I don't know who you are. All I know is your Emacs 2008. And like I said, you're probably not listening to this anymore because you hate the podcast. Then he um, promotes another podcast. Um, um, then he talks about how he just ramble on about watches and stuff. And then he makes, uh-huh. a, he makes a dig about owner stories. And then he tells everyone to, to go away, basically. So that's, that's, the pot, that's the review. That's the bad one. Um, with the good, you get the bad, Steve. Uh, Everyone's entitled to their opinions. Um, all I'm going to say about that, that review is Sondervunch. 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 <laughs> uh, that's my personal joke today. Sondervunch. 
So that was that one. And then the next one, uh, great podcast, five stars, uh, amazing podcast. As a huge Porsche fanatic, this is my go-to podcast. Next Next best thing to getting together with a bunch of Porsche friends. Well done, Michael. And that's from Deborah Meyer's mum in Canada. Now, Deborah Meyer's mum, I know who you are. You um, sent me a message and said you left the po- left, left the review on Instagram. So thank you so much. I'm sorry I forgot your name and I forgot I couldn't find the DM earlier before I started recording. Hey, come. hey um, Steve, did you see uh-huh. that? Um, I'm, I'm quite surprised, you know, the Porsche 918, and we've, I think we've spoken about 918s before. The 918 Spider, when it came out, it wasn't super popular, was it? It didn't really hit. It wasn't no, really the. I thought it wasn't it, so popular. I thought it sold well at first, and then it dived off big time, and people weren't really sold on it. Do you think? It's, you think I'm wrong? Uh, yeah, I thought it sold quite well because probably my memory of it was it came out at the same time as a McLaren P1 and a LaFerrari. Um, the P1 sort of tended to get all the headlines because it, I don't know, was maybe the sort of slightly craziest looking of them. Mind you, they all kind of look pretty out there. Um, But in terms of, I don't know, like journalist response, it sounded like um, people, people kind of, people liked all three of them. The 918 sort of got pretty good reviews and people were kind of quite surprised at how well integrated the whole kind of hybrid sort of thing was in, in it. Like, I think they sort of said it felt like the 918 was the most resolved of the three in terms of the way that the kind of technology kind of came together. Oh, okay. Um, it was the cheapest of the lot and um, maybe the least therefore special because it's, you know, slightly more subtle than the other two. But I thought it always kind of sold quite well because it, it, they, they literally sold all the, all the ones that they made, didn't they? Didn't they I make 918 so. of them? I don't know. I remember hearing that story on on Spike with Zuckerman talking about it, about how they were discounting them or something. He said, didn't he? Didn't he say they were discounting them or they were offering deals on them or something? I don't even know how much they were. Were they 400K or something US? I don't know. Definitely cheaper than the other two. But uh, they kind of said the same thing about Carrera GTs, et cetera, right? Like they didn't quite. But And it sounds like when you're in that kind of market, like there's a point where I'm assuming because they bec- they don't they don't become the flavor of the month, whatever the opposite to that is. Yeah. Like after a while, the kind of shine wears off for a bit. So that's probably the best time to then pick it up. And then if you kind of hang out for long enough, like I'm sure 10 years later, it becomes appreciated more for what it actually is. So. Yeah, true, true. Well, I guess um, maybe this is one for Ajmal actually since he's, he's selling all these cars. But did you notice that um, JK um, from Jamiroquai, people who know who JK is, his Porsche 918 Spyder is for sale in the UK. Um, It's a 2015. It's uh, apparently got full service history, Steve. It's being sold by JZM, which is a well-known dealer here. Yep. Um, It's had two owners before him, so he's the third owner. I would have thought that that Jamiroquai, that um, JK would have actually been the first owner of a car like that. But apparently there's been two other owners. Maybe he's got another one. So it's basalt black, onyx inside, black inside, I guess, but with acid green as- accents. Quite nice. I mean, the images look pretty cool. Um, yeah. It's number 575 of the 918 car production run. Only 2,130 miles, which is absolutely nothing. And it's 1.1 million pounds. 
Yep. But they'd made the point, and I didn't write down, I didn't make all the points in the whole article, but they made the point that it was still cheaper than a LaFerrari, I think, and still cheaper than the comparative cars at the time, right? So it's still, it's a lot of money, but it's not crazy money for something that is quite special now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, I always kind of wondered whether or not, because it is obviously the kind of forefather of um, like hybrid tech, you know, like proper kind of hybrid same way like a 959 was like the precursor to you know, active suspension and, you know, sort of like kind of proper ABS and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, whether or not in the same way that it might kind of date, you know, like in another 10 years' time, hybrid tech, well, yeah. we're kind of moving into EVs, but like um, it will have kind of moved on so much that maybe it will kind of date the car massively when you think about it, like a Carrera GT there's sort of apart from maybe the kind of tiny little clutch in that thing, um, you know, there's nothing to kind of really date it. So yeah, I've seen know. one. I've seen one many, like in about 2016 or something. I saw one in London. Mm. I saw that in London, and the only Carrera GT. No, I've seen two Carrera GT. No, I've seen one Carrera GT, and I've seen it twice. Is the one yeah. that I saw with you when you're in London. The one we saw, the white one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember at the um, Dorchester or whatever it was in the hotel parked yep. in the front, um, yep. and I've seen that one again. I've seen that one the second time in uh, in Mayfair as well, driving around. I think the person actually lives in Mayfair that owns that. Um, yep. But that's all I've seen. I've only seen one Carrera GT in real life, and I've only seen one nine one eight. They're pretty rare. You don't. It's not like you know they're a regular thing driving around the streets. Uh, Even in Bahrain, I didn't see any. Or in Dubai, I know there's a few you know collectors there that probably have them, but I didn't see any around. I saw them side by side at the um, Porsche Museum in Stuttgart. Oh, right. <clears throat> They're pretty cool. They're right. Oh, we were really, trying. Yeah, really cool. And the um, the 918 actually looks great, like in terms of the lines and the form of it. Um, it's a really beautiful kind of car. Like yeah. I know everybody sort of raves more about like um, Carrera GTs and I guess for its time it's kind of got that slightly 996-ish sort of slightly blobbier look about it. It's not quite as... Um, mm doesn't have as much sort of tension in the design, yeah. but, um, which the 918 does. Um, but the 918 is a very pretty looking car. Like, and it's sounded like in all the videos and everything, I know it's kind of got that sort of um, that V8. What is, it? is it a V8 or is it a flat? I don't know. I'm not Whatever. Sure. It's got an eight-cylinder engine in it. Um, uh, maybe it's not as exotic looking and technically as like a Carrera GT, but it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. No, they I mean, they're both, I mean, iconic, both of them. Carrera GT. I like the Carrera GT shape. I have to say, I really do like it. Huh. Um, obviously, TG's yeah. got a really, he's got the perfect spec. His color is, you know, that black with that interior. If it's silver and the silver one or the black one, I think are the best ones in the, in the Carrera GT. Hey, did I tell you when I was in yeah. Bahrain, um, I was driving the MG and I could hear it coming up. I could hear this rumbling sound coming up from the left-hand side. Yeah. And there it is, that lizard green uh, GT3 RS, you know, the newest version. Yep. And I've seen it before in Bahrain once before. I've actually seen him driving around before. God, it's so cool, Steve. I don't yeah. know. The green in Bahrain, maybe because all the all the buildings are sand-colored and it was like, you know, it's just how yep. it is in the roads. But it, look, he just drove past. And he wasn't going that fast because um, there was a bit of traffic. And man, it was so, it was so cool looking. That wing, even the wing oh, on that, on the 901.2 looks enormous. I, I, I'm... 
I hate to think this wing on the new uh, on the new GT3 RS how it's going to look. I guess everything's in proportion when the car becomes wider, but the um, the old yeah. one is pretty big. I'm not uh, because we've not been kind of going out since um, like lockdown and stuff like that. I've not seen a 992 GT3 on the road yet, um, and I noticed. Uh, I think I saw it on social media that um, it looked like South Sydney Porsche had one of their seventieth. Um, anniversary gt3s in the showroom yeah they do i was tempted to maybe just kind of go down and have a kind of little sticky beak at it just to have a look you should go and have but a look at it mate is it still there i don't know I, I only saw some photos somewhere and it looked like the um south sydney kind of showroom so no it's definitely there i think it's doing a bit of the tour of the dealers yeah it i think be. it was yeah. in brisbane it was in brisbane i think because i think um someone posted pictures on social media of it as well on insta um, right. If it's still there, go and have a look at it. It'd be interesting to see it because it is the that's the touring version, right? Because the 70th anniversary is a touring. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's a touring, no wing. I've been watching. I have been watching kind of like a few YouTube videos and people that have obviously taken delivery. I sent you that one from the guy, the Driftworks guy in the UK. Um, and um, obviously, anybody that's got one is um, really kind of happy with it. But it does does sort of seem like maybe the suspension is like a little bit harsh for the road like some journalists sort of said that's kind of bullshit and i think ap sort of said wait till you drive it and it's bullshit but some people did did sort of say like the directness and everything is um it is sort of slightly kind of wearing it seems to be it seems like there's a lot of everyone that seems to drive it um the guy that's got the podcast car podcast guy sam guy whatever his name is Sam was. He posted on his Instagram as well. He said it feels more like the GT3 RS. It feels a little more like the 991.2 yep. GT3 RS, even though it's a GT3. So it is, it is different. Yep. You know what I mean? The the, yep. the ride is is different. Um, I guess you need to have driven both to know the difference. But he said it is different. He's driven both, so um, it seems like that is is the case. But how about yeah, your from the vids? Yeah, go ahead. From from the videos too, like um, it sounds amazing. Like straight out of the box, it sounds like really good for something that's got those um, OPF whatever filter things in the exhaust. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, like again, you know, classic kind of YouTube stuff. You sort of um, see lots of videos with people that have kind of modified them and put um, aftermarket exhaust. But even straight out of the box, it sounds amazing. So wouldn't be complaining. Tell the listeners, actually, it's it's Driftworks video, isn't it? Driftworks video? Oh, it's Driftworks, um, the, the channel. There's isn't a dude it, that in has the that... UK, yeah, yeah, who's got like a shop. Um, and when you kind of have a look at him and the sort of cars that they work on and stuff like that, you kind of go, oh, like it's probably more like JDM sort of stuff. Yeah. But he's actually got like a 997.2 GT3. Okay. In is it Riviera or Miami Blue or something like that? One nice. Of those two colors. Very nice. Um, and then he took delivery of a 992, a black one, um, which is pretty cool. Like he seems, uh, if you kind of start watching the videos, he actually seem, seems like a really kind of nice, very kind of grounded, very enthusiastic guy. And then right. the latest video, he took it, he took it on the track. He's 992, like he he just done the running miles, and then he took it to Donington in the UK. Wow. And he had a mate that has a 996. A 996 GT3 that has been tweaked with uh, Manti um, sort of mods. So he's kind of chasing him around the track for a lot of it. And um, they kind of go in-car in both the different cars and you sort of see them having a bit of a lark. Like they're obviously both 
pretty good um, drivers. But um, the stark contrast between how much work you have to do in the 996, <laughs> right. like all the kind of soaring at the wheel and sort of balancing the car on the edge and everything, and then when you kind of cut to um, this guy Phil and his 992, like just how stable and I don't know if it's easy or not, I have no idea because I'm not a you know track driver, but just how much different it is um, in terms of the experience, um, in terms of pedaling a car around the track in both those, both those cars. It's quite um, quite fun to watch. I'll have to watch it. I'll watch it later. I'll watch it after we, yeah. we finish this. Hey, um, Same speaking... deal. It makes you want to go and do a track day. Makes you want to do a track day? There you go, mate. It does, but then, you know, bloody hell. Like, the, you want Not to now. Go you can't do that. All. But you can't do that now. You've just done all your pain correction. No, you could. <laughs> You have to put race race wrap on it, right? You just put race wrap on it. Isn't that what they call it? Drive around a carbor, I guess. <laughs> you just put, what do they people put on? You just get like, uh, you know, what's that stuff? 3M, you just put on yourself. You can buy it, right? In oh, strips, yeah, I've yeah. seen it online. You can buy it. It's track wrap, right? Yeah, you just yeah, put yeah. Track isn't wrap there on. A, there's a spray on version too, isn't there? Is there? I don't know. I've seen yeah. the stick on one on, online. Hey, um, speaking of GT3s, um, I want to tell the listeners that you um, you sent me a video Mm-hmm. And the video was taken from the point of view of um, uh, of another 911. It was taken in uh, – Marco took the video in his 996 uh, Turbo. Yeah, we Speed went for another Sunday drive. Marco from Sydney, Steve's cousin-in-law. Um, and Marco was filming Steve's car. Now, I was confused at first because I'm, lo- I'm watching it and I'm thinking, is mm-hmm. that Marco's car spooling up? Is that Marco's noise in his yes, cabin? Then I hear yep. that. So this video is a – you know – you guys, unfortunately, will never see this video, but in Marco's car, you can hear the turbo. And I'm, I'm guessing people who own the 996 turbo or 997 turbo would know this experience, but you can hear, or 0.1 turbo, um, you can hear it spooling. And then all of Isn't a sudden- a mad sound? Yeah, it's a crazy, awesome sound? it's such a weird, it's such an un, unusual sound though, because I know how my car sounds and it doesn't sound like that. And then he gets closer to Steve. He gets closer to Steve in his 997 point. I'll let you talk in a second, Steve. Gets closer to Steve in his 997.1 GT3. And all of a sudden, you just hear this noise. And I didn't realize your exhaust was that loud. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I'm, ob- I'm obviously always sitting in it, driving it, and it's sort of loudish. Um, but I've never heard it, you know, sort of driving in semi-anger on the outside, but I do know that it's kind of sort of fairly full on because I think I just sort of said to you before, um, when we've gone for a drive, Marco, myself and my cousin who bought the F80M3, he was tailing me on the same drive like quite a few months ago and he said he couldn't hear his own M3 over the sound of my car. (laughs) I mean, it sounds good. It sounds, and I'm not an expert on this, right, but it sounds more Mm -hmm. race and I don't know what race means. I don't know how to ex- explain race, but there's something about the sound of it that's more, it's loud, but I'll use the word mature. It sounds more mature. It sounds more mm, not I think so. engineered. I yeah, no, I think it sounds more race. It sounds more, it's, it sounds special. You know what I mean? It sounds special, but it sounds loud. And I'd like to, and, I, and this is what I'm going to do when, when I'm back in Sydney. I'm going to stand on the oh. side of the road and you're going to drive by and I'm going to film it to hear it properly yeah, sure. <laughs> because it's, even in Marco's car, Marco's in his cabin. I don't know whether he had his windows down or not. Yeah, um, he did. He had he two did. windows cracked. Okay. They're both but, half down. But, the but it was loud. It was loud. And it was a good point of view. I mean, it was portrait, but it was a good, uh, hmm. it was a good to see it from Mark. Good for you to see it from Marco's car and hear exactly how loud your car is too, mate. 
Yeah, I, you know, like the video I've sent you. So we just went for a Sunday drive and it was actually really good because the roads this time were kind of pretty much empty. We were a little bit earlier. Um, those, road, those roads are very smooth. So, um, you know, like we kind of got a little bit of a rhythm going. Um, but the video, so the video that you listen to of my car when, you know, just the iPhone recording from the inside of my car is pretty accurate. That's what it sounds like. Right. And then you'll hear it for yourself. Which you is not which home. is not drowning, but you, it doesn't sound overpowering when you're sitting in your car. It sounds okay. It's not going to drive it's you crazy. It's pretty loud. Is it? I'm pretty sure you'll kind of go, wow, that's loud. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, from Marco's car, I don't know, um, it – it's fairly aggressive, I suppose, like from the outsider, which, you know, I've never had much um, uh, experience with because I can't hear my own car kind of driving from the outside. So. Tell the listeners again, though, but tell everyone, though, Steve, because oh. what is the exhaust you've got on there now? Because you tried out a few different options, right? Just briefly, what, what is it that's on there now that it's – how did you change it? Now is, the one from Hong Kong? Um, yeah, no, no, but uh, it's more just the guy I bought it from. Um, All right. It's got some... <laughs> it's not a Hong Kong exhaust. No, 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 no. It's a Dundon. <laughs> there's side, there's side Dundon. Bypa- bypass. Dundon side bypass um, exhaust pieces, which remove the kind of two side mufflers, um, right. but they're valved. And then I had a center bypass as well built, but one path when the valves are closed actually does have like two very tiny little resonators or mufflers in it. Um, and then the other thing when the valves are open, um, are obviously open sort of like a normal kind of, you know, whatever you want to call it, like a shark, shark works um, sort of bypass. So with the valves open, it's pretty bloody loud. With the valves closed, it's still pretty bloody loud. <laughs> um, so what was that? What that is. was valves open. No, that was valves closed. That was valves closed? Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. You're in trouble. Yeah. Don't do that near the police, that's for sure. No, I just have to kind of be very uh, – try to be as uh, subtle as I can if um, I kind of know that there are sort of police around sort of thing. It is pretty Larry. Is that a common combination, though? Is that something you saw people, other oh. people doing online or you just worked it out yourself? Um. I only, when you read sort of like Renlist forums, there's a couple of guys on Renlist that have kind of done something similar or they haven't even bothered getting the center, the center muffler where I kind of had the um, little the little resonators built into it. Right. Um, some people have just kind of straight up combined like side bypass with center bypass, which is effectively straight through. Right. And straight through is literally straight through, no mufflers wow. whatsoever. That's and that's crazy. loud. That's crazy. Um yeah, so it's. I think it's more common in nine nine ones, but right. apparently there's more sound deadening and stuff like that in it. So the nine nine seven crowd haven't really kind of gone there, um, right? But yeah, so yeah, it's good. It's good. Sometimes, um, well, to be honest, sometimes I kind of ponder whether it's a little bit too far. And in terms of the tone, I reckon it has changed it. Like, um, the when you kind of uh, hit the higher revs, like. It, it's it's kind of so loud that I kind of almost forget to kind of go past like say six six and a half grand. I never really kind right. of go that high. Whereas in the past, I probably would rev it out that high. So because it's know. just too loud. Um, just because it sounds so kind of angry, like you kind of <laughs> think that you know, like you're 
kind of gotten to the – I know you haven't gotten to the top of the river. You're hurting, you know it, like you're hurting like, it or something, yeah. It's in pain. Yeah, not so much <laughs> that, but I don't know. I'll take you for a proper drive when you're back and Sounds you good. tell me what you think. Bring Sounds good. Hey, I've been watching um, – and I didn't start till late, but I've, I've, I've caught up. I thought it was the whole season. I didn't realize it was every week. Um, Road to Le Mans. Hmm. I know we've said it before, but if you haven't watched Road to Le Mans with Michael Fassbender – um, hmm. even though I'm not a huge fan of Michael Fassbender, but I think it's a really good series. Um, season it's three, really right? Good. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good. Riveting. And he's getting better and better, huh? That last week one where they crashed or crashed out, that was um, with the Ferrari, wasn't it? Yeah, he's had, I mean, he has a few crashes through like all of it. So that's not um, sort of um, spoiling it for people. But yep. Oh, um, sorry. It just crashes every now and again, yeah. It's, um, I don't know, like it's really interesting because I think you kind of go, yeah, okay, so like he's a rich kind of movie star. He probably owns the team or whatever. Like he can afford to kind of crash a Porsche, so no big deal. But mm. once you start kind of watching it, you genuinely, like as another person who is enthusiastic about cars but I have no track experience and all of that sort of stuff, you can tell that he just kind of shits himself basically, yeah. um, you know, and he's very honest about it in terms of like, you know, he sort of says like I'm not fast enough or you know, when the rain comes down or he's on a track that he's just not that familiar with, um, you know, like his role, cause it's a three driver team, like, you yeah. know, um, it's a kind of pro-am type sort of setup where he's the kind of bronze class. Yeah. And as a driver, it seems like he just has to kind of make sure he doesn't crash the car. And then it sort of feels like the other two who are kind of pro Porsche drivers, you know, like are the ones that are, you know, sort of making it really kind of competitive and he just has to kind of make sure that he doesn't stack it basically. Yeah. Um, But you can just tell like when you watch it that um, he knows his kind of place, he knows he's kind of getting better. You can tell them all kind of being polite and encouraging him. Um, But it just gets really tense when you kind of, yeah. following it along like you kind of feel for him if you know what i mean yeah. like no it's shot well i mean it's on youtube it's free it's done by porsche um it's shot yeah. well if you haven't watched it you should go and watch it there's like i said that's season three isn't it steve season three um yeah, it's up start to season at season three. one don't start at season three um you see how he gets better you know what i mean he is getting better um and it's it's good it's 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 good it's good it's a good show it's a good show wonder, to watch i wonder if he will actually kind of make it to le mans because when this again like no hopefully not sort of ruining it for anybody, yeah, but season three, he's sort of doing like the um, the program that is part of Le Mans, but he doesn't, you know, like as he, they sort of still feel like he's probably not quite there to kind of go and race 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so like in terms of skill level, like I wonder, I wonder if like how much more he needs to kind of go to actually kind of make it. Like I'm sure yeah. – Apparently, Le Mans is full of full of kind of gentleman races who are kind of more rich than skilled. But um, uh, like I don't know, it's pretty yeah, be interesting. Yes, yeah. wait and see what happens. Wait and see what happens. Hey, um, let's get yeah. on to the last thing we're going to chat about. Sonderwunsch, Sonderwunsch. Yeah. I had to, I had I'm to not work, say that. I had to work out how to say it. It's actually not spent spelt that way, but it's apparently um, Nick in London. Nick, number one owner stories. I know your German is good. Sunderwunsch. Have I got it right, Nick? Um, Nick used to live in Germany. Um, yeah, so Porsche's resurrecting the Sunderwunsch program. Now, I didn't know much about Sunderwunsch, and I remember watching, and it was something I told you to watch um, mm-hmm. 
Magnus Walker was doing a live Instagram. I uh-huh. think it's still on his Instagram. I don't know whether you ever watched it, where he's talking to the head of Porsche Exclusive Manufacturer. That guy, I can't remember his name. His first uh-huh. role on Exclusive Manufacturer was a Sport Classic. Um, now he's yep. in charge of Exclusive Manufacturer. Um, the guy, I don't know his name. Maybe his name is mentioned in this article. I didn't write it down. Um, uh-huh. And he was speaking about Sondervunch. And it was almost like when you th- when I think back to that, I want to watch it again. It was almost like maybe he was giving away that that was coming again. You know what I mean? Um, that they were bringing it back. Um, so anyway, Porsche apparently has, has, is resurrecting the, resurrecting the Sondervunch program. It's, yep. it's not exclusive manufacturer. In, I guess, Steve, is this how you see it? Exclusive manufacturer is like the level down almost. Sondervunch is a level above. Um, and I'll read what yeah, they said in the article. So. I'll read what I said in, the, in one of the articles that I wrote. It said, the premise is simple. Cars co-created by the customer and professionally produced by Porsche. I mean, that just gets you in straight away, right? It gets me in. It's like, wow, sign me up. The possibility is presumably endless as the first Sondervunch build of the 21st century shows. And the first build was, uh, what was his name? Paolo, wasn't it? Someone called Paolo, wasn't it? I thought I wrote it down. Maybe I didn't write it down. You're talking the guy, this guy here. That, um, yeah, the yellow and black car. Particular. Yeah. Yeah. Is that his name, Paolo? Uh, I've got the thing in front of me. Can't find, can't find his name. Anyway, I'll, I'll just... Next, I'll, he I'll raced just, at Le Mans. That's right. He raced, I'll just read the rest of that. Porsche's always had its finger on the poles. This is their media pitch, but yes, it's interesting. Paolo Barilla. Yeah, Paolo Barilla. Porsche has always had its finger on the pulse with its exclusive manufacturer range of options, but now is going one better by resurrecting the Sondervonch program, first seen in the late 70s, um, and then they say car, cars co-created, blah, blah, blah. Um, the cost for such a project is, is undisclosed. I didn't mention how much it costs. Um, the very first one is the one that was based on a Le Mans car, right, Steve? Yeah, 956. The 956. And if you've been on Instagram this week, you would have seen it. It's in, uh, is that Summer Yellow again? It looks like the summer. Mm, don't know. I think it's they call it race. summer yellow. That's a racing color. Because no, be painted young. summer yellow. Painted painted summer yellow, white and black. The GT3 faithfully replicates a stunning 956. Um, the wheel design inspired by the Group C car might be stretching it a bit. Blah blah blah. Mm. Um, unique touches include PB60 badges, Le Mans 985 accents for headdress and sills. Um, the gorgeous new PDK selector, which is the knob, which looks like a gear shift. Um, which he made himself. Which he made himself? <laughs> it's out of magnesium or something. Really? There was, yeah, there's a somewhere in maybe the other article that I had read. You read the Piston Heads one. I read the, I think, the Evo magazine. Okay. Um, and it said something, I think, that he um, he um, he was fashioning the kind of gear knob himself. And I think it's made out of magnesium. Wow. It looks pretty cool, though. I have to say, yeah. when I read it in the article, I had to have a look at it and go, yeah, that looks better than the other one. The one they used, yep. the Braun Shaver one. I think it's a pretty good idea, though, don't you? I think they're, you know, Porsche, once again, they're just, you know, printing money. I'm sure there'll be people with their hand up saying, we want a, we want our special a special edition GT3, and you just go there and order it. God knows how much it would cost. I think they said this one took like two, three years to complete. Yeah. Um, I'm not yeah. sure why it took so long, but it took three years to complete. But I guess Porsche still has to be careful, right? Because even though it's Sundervanche program, it's like exclusive manufacturer. They don't always give you everything you ask for, do they? It still has to kind of fit in with their their heritage a little bit, right? Yeah, and I, but I suppose because this GT, basically this GT3 is kind of liveried up to um, reflect that 956, like the race at Le Mans and this, the, the owner of this car who commissioned it 
was the guy that drove the Le Mans kind of racer. Um, so, like, the car looks cool. Like, it's super cool. Um, yeah. No, it's good. But because it's sort of harking back to its um, sort of uh, Le Mans kind of heritage, blah, blah, blah. Like, I guess it would be different if you were sort of, like, rolled up and you sort of said, hey, I want you to make my um, my special wishes. I want you to make my 911 look like the um, Barbies kind of Corvette from yeah. the 70s. Or I want you to make my 911 look like a Ferrari. I'll make it look like a Ferrari <laughs> instead. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'd have a problem. You know what I really like yeah. about it, the GT3 that he's done? I wanted mm. to ask you one point about the wheels, but I really do like that yeah. black, how the back of the car is in the black and then the front is in the yellow and the white. Like I think it actually works. It works really well, don't you think? I mean – yeah. The Surprisingly, front, yes. Yeah, the front view of the car, you know, it just looks pretty normal. When you see that rear that rear quarter angle, um, and there yeah. really is, I kind of like the mix match wheels. <laughs> I don't wonder what yeah, you were thinking because you see what's appeared on this again. Your favorite colored wheel, um, white. Um, yep. So it's white and gold. So the car has, for you guys haven't seen it, if you go to um, Evo UK or you go to Piston Heads, there's an article about it and you just punch in um, some device. Yeah, it's all over Instagram as it's well. It's all over Instagram too. But I don't know, there's something about, there's the picture on Piston, on Piston Heads, the rear, where you see the rear and the wing. Um, the wing doesn't look as big because the back of the car's black and the front's yellow. Um, the number on the side is cool. But those wheels, Steve, the mixture of the, the almost gold, Weiss gold or Aram or whatever, Aran, whatever it's called, and the white. What do you think about yep. mixed match coloured wheels as a trend? It looks, yeah, it does look cool, but it's weird. <laughs> I thought it was weird. It's like, where do they get that from? Because when you look at the Le Mans car, the 956, it's got black wheels front and back. Yeah, yeah, it does <laughs> so match. They've taken, yeah, they've taken a little bit of liberty in terms of sort of dialing up the um, the kind of craziness in that, and it does look good. I don't, know. it's weird, but it's cool. Yeah, I mean, Sundervanch means, uh, what does it mean? Special request, right? Special yeah. request, special, special request. Wishes. Special wishes or special request. Um, but I I like it. And I think this white wheel thing, Steve, I know you've been against it, but it's, sort of, it's still creeping in there. And I think it, I think eventually it's going to catch us all. I think eventually we're all going to be talking oh, about it's white already wheels. There. Yeah. It's definitely already there. Like um, uh, even downstairs in the car park in the unit that I live in, there's a, there's a rally blue WRX. Like looks like it's probably about six years old. Yep. Um, and it's got um, white wheels on it. And I kind of occasionally look at it and go, yeah, works on that car. I don't know. It just needs to be a – white wheels is a very motorsporty, like either proper, proper track car or proper rally car type look. So I don't think um, anything can kind of um, sort of carry it. You know what I think, though? I think that the white mm. – I think they've done it really well. The double – the two-coloured wheel is a bit weird. Like you said, it doesn't match the, the Le Mans car, right? But what works yeah. is that the white wheel is at the front and the white wheel is matching against most of the summer yellow. And the white and the yellow seem to go really well together. But then on the yeah, back yeah, with the black, they haven't put the white wheel. They put the gold wheel, right, or the bronze wheel. Because gold and yellow would – kind of clash and look a yeah bit and that would clash off. so and the white actually kind of looks good with the yellow and I, when i was looking at this i have to say when i first saw it i thought wow those white wheels could look pretty good on um on a 996 turbo what do you think mars mm, marco <laughs> that's what i was gonna say marco if you want a little job marco to do maybe you, maybe you should get a second set of wheels, wheels second set of wheels white wheels that could look good steve what do you think yeah, yeah he's looking marco's in the market i think um don't know about the white thing but it's funny because um I can't think of white wheels. White wheels cars, like, like popped up on the four liter, the RS four liter, mm. um, p- particularly because a lot of the cars were kind of white. It was either white 
silver or black, right? Yeah. Um, but prior to that, I can't really think of like 911s that were synonymous with white wheels. Like 959s occasionally had Wasn't white. Wasn't there white? But the white Fuchs weren't original. They were just, people just changed them to white because they were I cut. think you could order it. Yeah, I think white... you could order it. If, um, but like wouldn't that sort of specifically be more like if you had a white car and you were kind of body matching? Maybe, maybe. Interesting. Um, Looks good. I think, uh, you know, like I said, I think they're, they're, it's it. clever of them to bring it in and I think that, you know, this, this first one is obviously the showcase one. Um, I don't know how it all came came to be, but this is a showcase one. Um, it was for his birthday, yeah. wasn't it? He did it for his birthday, but I don't know. Probably, I don't know if Porsche paid for it or he paid for it. I don't know what the story is. I'm saying um, it would be his birthday. Yeah, but it's pitched. Um, it's obviously pitched higher than um, exclusive manufacturer. It's obviously a level above. It's for those people that want just that little bit more. Um, very, very yeah. customized. Very bespoke. Very bespoke. Speaking of which, remember I told you, and we sort of spoke on about it on the podcast. Um, yep. I think when we were talking about exclusive manufacture, yep. how do you say it? Exclusive um, manufacture. When, when they were sort of doing their kind of press stuff and then I told you about that guy, Robert Linton in the States. Yes, that, yes. Um, I follow him now. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, man, have you seen some of the stuff that he's doing with his cars? Like yeah, just everything that he's kind of doing and then like he kind of sent his GT2 RS and had like, you know, like the audio system ripped out and he kind of made special kind of carbon fiber sort of subwoofer enclosures and he's got a like AP kind of sitting in the car, like signing it off and yeah. pointing out the weave, the direction of the weave of the carbon was kind of wrong. So he then re kind of made it like it didn't match the interior of the GT2 kind of carbon. And well, is that all, is that all under the special wishes thing or is that exclusive I manufacture? Don't know. I don't know what it is. But that guy's going mental, like yeah. just this, the, the, um, some of the detail that he's kind of going into. Yeah, I know it's some, like I said, I started following him and I see all the pictures, it's like, wow, on Instagram. Is, um, where else is it? Where else can you see it? Uh, mainly Insta? Instagram now. Just Insta, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he posts a lot on Insta and uh, he used to be on Renlist a lot um, with, where I kind of started kind of following him a little bit, um, his basic, like his builds. Right. But, you know, he's kind of continuing on. I think he's trying to gather a bit of an Instagram following. Like I find his um, Good his writing style is a little bit kind of over the top sort of thing. But when you start looking at, you know, all the kind of crazy sort of F1-inspired materials that mm. he's kind of re-engineering, you know, specific kind of pieces out of, like a lot of it I don't understand. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming that he's himself is like an engineer or something. Like yeah, that. it's like art when you see photos of it though. It's very cool. Yeah. It's pretty crazy, but... Yep. Just more that he's kind of managed to rope, um, uh, obviously Porsche into yeah. basically looking into it and almost like sort of signing an offer, approving it, kind of thing. Yeah, more to come, more to come. Hey, um, mm. I've been sitting on it for the last three days. You know, I had an order. I, I was thinking about placing an order at Design 911 <clears throat> because I need yeah. another indoor car cover. You know how I was talking about that last week. Yeah. And I wanted to get the aluminium, the stainless steel sills, like uh, my Did friend Nick it? here in London has it with the Carrera. Well, I didn't actually buy the sills. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm a little bit annoyed about it because I left it too late. Um, they're not actually in stock. They take like three three or so days to arrive. Can you go somewhere else? Mm, no, because I got a discount as well. I managed to get I, – I have a way of getting a discount from Design 911 and I had a 10% discount. <clears throat> so – Surely I really wanted to get it from them. It's quite a few places. Can't you 
most places all match a ten percent discount. But they send they send to Australia. They send to Australia, but obviously the cost they they take the VAT off and then they add the GST on, Australian GST on. Yep. But you can buy them. Yep. They, they'll cost me another hundred pounds more though. Right. But I just I just I mean I have these stress attacks before I'm about to travel because I I bought a few things. Even though, was, even though, even though I was plugging the thing about, you know, I'm talking about watches again. Even though I was plugging the the merits of phased Loon watch rolls, I bought a Wolf mm-hmm. um, watch roll because it was seventy percent off the other day. So I bought a Wolf one um, because mm-hmm. I was trying to save money. Um, but I, I've ordered a couple of things to come in to come here, um, various things, and some I've had to cancel, not just for the car, for other other things. Um, yep. Some I had to cancel because they weren't going to arrive, and then I had to reorder them and get them sent to Australia, which is really annoying. So it cost a lot more money. Yeah, and right. I was just hesitant because I, I, I emailed Design on Eleven. They took two days to get back to me. They were so slow coming back. And then what? she said, you know, it's two to three days. We have to order it in. It takes two. The, the cover's there, but it's two to three days to get the seals. And I thought, shit, two to three days. I order it today. That's like yep. could be Monday. And then they've got to ship it. You know, if it's delayed anymore, then we, you know, Wednesday's my last day. I was just, it was just too cutting it too fine. You know what I mean? And if it gets yep. sent here, then it's going to be stuck here for months, so, which would be really annoying. So I think I'll just, I'll just have to pay that bit of extra money and, and do it when I'm in, um, when I'm in so Sydney. So does that mean, um, have you made up your mind when you kind of come back to pretty much install like a lot of these bits and bobs that you've been I won't, collecting? I, on? I might install some of them. I don't know. I'll see how I go. See how they look. I haven't seen them yet. I was waiting to hear from, um. <laughs> What's the name? But I didn't hear from him about the leather part. But anyway, it doesn't matter anymore. What happened with that? Did it finish? <sighs> you got it? No, nothing happened. Oh. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. It just disappeared. Just <laughs> never heard from him again. Yeah, right. No, I won't. I won't install the leather inner door seals. Uh, for the listeners, I got the, the, all these leather parts done by a, a craftsman, you know, artisan here in the UK. who's very, very good. Mm. Not great with communication, but very, very good. But I don't know if I do the inner door seals if I don't have the outer door seals because it's best to do them together. Um, so I might what? leave. Well, I just think it's best to do them together, isn't it? Because don't you have no. to uninstall the inner door seal to put the inner to put the outer door seal on? No, no. I thought you did. No, you have to... the inner door seal is like there's two little plastic caps. There's two screws. You unscrew that and then you pull it out. Yeah, but if you take the outer door seal off, you have to like take all the glue off. So you have to get the other leather one out no. of the way. You destroy it, wouldn't you? No, no, no. You they're completely independent of each other. Are they? Oh, then I'm going crazy. But I just, okay, here's the other reason why, why before we go, is that with mm-hmm. my black plastic door seals that come standard on a Carrera, anyone with a base Carrera yep. will know, I don't think the, yep. leather door, the leather seals will look that great. It'll make the plastic ones look even cheaper. Oh. Uh, See what I mean? Yeah. The contrast between the two will make them look even cheaper, so I'm hesitant to, to install it if it's going to look cheaper. It'll just annoy me even more. It's all right. I'll just, order them. From, but... I, I'll just order them later on. I just didn't want to take the risk, but I got my I got my new indoor car cover, so I ordered that. It was cheap, so I got that. So. Yeah, right. All right, Steve, let's call it. Cool. Um, I yeah, think cool. that's about it for today. Cool. Um, I'm a bit tired. I'm going to go to bed. It's, it's only early, but I'm so tired. I can't believe it. That's about it. Uh, what else? I just wanted to say, if anyone hasn't uh, been to Flat Cap Driver, I'm going to do a plug again for Ajmal. Um, if you haven't seen Flat Cap Driver, at Flat Cap Driver on YouTube, at Flat Cap Driver so. on Instagram, Go and go and subscribe. Say hello. Tell him you heard uh, his name mentioned here on Porsche Cooled. I know Ajmal, you're listening. Um, Ajmal's just in a video where he's he's clearing out all of his cars. Um, I'm not sure what's coming. Maybe nothing. Um, I'm good. I'm glad that he's keeping the 996. Steve Ajmal's keeping his 996. He's getting rid of the 912. Oh. He's getting rid of the wife's uh, Golf R. 
He's getting rid of the VW wagon thingy that he has, whatever that's called. And he's getting rid of his um, uh, MG that he's owned for a long, long time. So anyone in the market for a car, I think they are all up for sale. And he's buying a 918 to replace all Yeah, maybe the 918. Maybe that's what he's buying. Um, yeah, cool. Go Who knows? Who knows? Steve, should we go? Yep, all good, mate. All right, thanks, I'll mate. I'll catch uh, you. I'll catch you actually in Sydney. I didn't. I, so I didn't. It didn't. Didn't even register. Like I will catch you next week, week in Sydney. I'll call you yeah, on a right. local call, telephone, yeah, old cool. style telephone. Well, like I said, Marco. Marco is asking if you wanted to. Um, if you wanted to ride shotgun at some point in time. Yeah, but, no, it sounds um, good. Sounds just good. land and see see what you're up to. Yeah, I don't land until um, Friday night. So um, Saturday morning yeah, I go cool. and get my license and uh, my license renewed and hopefully everything falls into place after that. Um, see what happens. Weekdays might be better for drives anyway, to be yeah. honest. I think weekends are still pretty crazy unless you're really kind of up with the sunrise kind of thing. It'll be good. Looking forward to it. Not looking forward to the flight, but looking forward to it. All right, yeah, mate. Cool. Talk cool. soon. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone, uh, that's Steve coming in from Sydney. My name is Michael Bath. Um, thanks for listening to the Porsche Cool Podcast. Like I said, next uh, next Friday, um, we won't be back. We're going to have a break for one week just because I'm traveling and I just can't uh, manage to get everything organized. Um, like I said, there'll be a um, owner stories next Tuesday. It's coming Tuesday. And Friday, we will not be, uh, there will not be an episode. And the following Tuesday, there'll be no owner stories, but we'll be back the following Friday, whatever date that is. Um, anyway, I'll keep you guys updated on Instagram. And that's about it. Thanks for listening to the Porsche Cool Podcast. Bye for now. <laughs>